Well, welcome back to Magic in Mining and Conversations with Kerry. My name's Kerry Stevenson and I'm very, very excited today. Why? Because I'm here in Acapulco and I came across my friend James Turk. Now, for those of you out there that don't know who James Turk is, he's the founder of Gold Money. You can go to goldmoney.com, uh, have a look at what they do. But they started in 2001 and I'm going to ask James about why that came about, uh, what Gold Money is doing now, and also about some of their... Um, uh, their new initiatives that they're doing to encourage and and just make sure people understand what gold is all of you out there know i'm a passionate believer in gold as an investment uh, and that we should also look at money and currency in different terms so welcome to the program james great thank to you. See you thank you great to see you as well it's great to be here in our in our and acapulco in acapulco i was going to it is beautiful i was going to say right away that i'm passionate about gold too but not as an investment i'm passionate about gold as money Right. And there's a big distinction between investments and money, in my view. In other words, gold today, an ounce of gold, purchases the same amount of crude oil it did in 1950, as an example. Right. Yep. So it did what money is supposed to do. It's supposed to preserve purchasing power. But it's not an investment because it didn't increase your wealth over that period of time. Right. It just preserved your wealth in the form of purchasing power, which is one of the things that money is supposed to do. Another thing that money is supposed to do is to enable you to perform economic calculation over long periods of time. In other words, measure the prices of goods and services and things so that you can make capital allocations in a reasonable way in order to ensure that your capital is then invested uh, in a way that's consistent with your own portfolio strategy, whatever it happens to be. So gold does calculate prices very effectively. Like I say, an ounce of gold purchases the same amount of crude oil as it did 70 years ago. So it's just part of the portfolio. It's not an investment, it's the way you preserve your wealth. Exactly. Well, the way I look at it is, you know, we often say in a portfolio, stocks and cash. Um, more generally, it's investments and liquidity. Right. So when you're looking at liquidity, you have several different alternatives. You have gold, you also have silver, uh, you have various national currencies. So you have to look at which of those forms of liquidity best suit your particular needs. And there are a couple of issues to keep in mind. One is that uh, one particular form of currency or money can be outperforming the others and gold is in a bull market now basically gets all of the major currencies. All of those the funny fiat currencies, yeah. yeah. The other thing about liquidity, do you want liquidity that's contingent upon some bank's ability or promise to deliver that liquidity to you when you need it? Or do you want to have money that you own rather than money that's owed to you? Yeah. There's a big distinction there between money on the one hand and currency on the other. But people don't, gen, generally speaking, the population, uh, the general population, they don't see it that way. Do you think that's as a result of, like, we're not taught about money in school anymore? Are we? Well, we're not taught the right things anyway. We're not taught the right things. Do you think that that's going to change anytime? Do you think that, you know, our future generations do need to know about this? Quite frankly, uh, we all know recently the governments keep just printing the paper money. Yes, exactly. Uh, do you think it's being printed out of existence? Are all fiat currencies going to fail? Well, that's what history is basically telling us. And, you know, we've been on this path of fiat currency destruction now uh, for many, many years, many decades, actually. Uh, some currencies are being destroyed more rapidly. Look what happened in Zimbabwe a few years ago. Look what's happening in Venezuela. Look what's happened in Argentina a number of times. The major Western countries, the currencies are being destroyed more slowly. But they're still being destroyed in the sense that they're losing purchasing power. So the question that you've asked, it, it's really a good one. And I think civilization will again eventually come back to gold because it, 
we need an effective means of communication um, between everybody on a global basis. This is what its cold world has been for 5,000 years. Yeah, because it is global, isn't it? It is global, and it can't be really manipulated in a sense that you can't produce an over, uh, a large amount of gold overnight. You can produce paper gold, but that's different than physical gold. And it's this ability to preserve purchasing power over long periods of time and fight liquidity with money that you own rather than money that's owed to you um, is enable gold to emerge the way it has, and I think that's going to continue. In my own experience, um, you know, going back to 1960s and early 1970s, you know, gold was $35 an ounce. That's right. There was yeah. a lot of misunderstanding then too about you know whether gold had been demonetized uh, by President Nixon. Uh, what really happened was is the dollar was demonetized uh, by breaking the link to gold, and people very quickly learned when gold was rising in that bull market in the early 1970s, that there was something wrong with the currency and the financial system. Um, so those who are willing to take the time to learn about the alternatives did very, very well. And I think the same thing will happen this time around as well. And you think we're pretty close to that sort of reset, I guess you call it? Yeah, I think we're very close to the reset, actually. I think this year could be really quite significant. Um, it, you know, Mark Twain said that history doesn't repeat, it rhymes. And <laughs> there are a lot of things that are the same this time around as it were back in 1971. Um, and, but there are things that are different. The technology is different. Um, we have cryptocurrencies. Well, yeah, I was about to say, when, you, when you're bringing in technology, I mean, we're here at Anacapulco, there's a lot of talk about cryptocurrency, there's a lot of talk about digitization. Uh, what's your view on gold and cryptocurrency? Should we be involved with both of them? I mean, recently, and in fact, I think it was only yesterday, I was sent an email uh, from someone saying that the US uh, is going to crack down on, on cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is dead, you know, good riddance to Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, what's your views on that? Yeah, and Bitcoin got hit uh, just the other day as a consequence of this, this news going around. Um, well, they're called cryptocurrencies, they're not called crypto money. Um, and what you need to be money is you need something that's tangible, a tangible asset, so that when you go into a shop and you buy a good or service, you give the tangible asset and the shopkeeper, in turn, gives you the tangible asset. The exchange is extinguished at that particular moment right. in time. Yep. Currency doesn't do that. There's an ongoing lingering obligation called payment risk. And you have essentially the same thing with cryptocurrencies. It's better than fiat currencies. Don't get why is it better than fiat currencies? Well, it, because it's outside the control of government. Um, and why is that important? Because governments print um, as if there is no tomorrow. And they think they can continue to print and print and print. Um, without any consequences. But as we see from Venezuela and Zimbabwe and all of the other cases where there's been too much government printing, rampant uh, they inflation. The rampant inflation. And that's what I think we got coming here um, in, in 2020. I think inflation is going to be picking up. It's going to be a serious concern. It may not actually be an inflation in commodities, although that is possible given what we're seeing in palladium and money going into yeah. the metals markets. Um, but I'd rather describe it as a flight out of fiat currency. Uh, rather than a rush into tangible assets. Uh, people are looking for safe havens. And palladium is a safe haven because it's a tangible asset. It's just a very small one. Right. So when a lot so of money goes into it, it goes, goes up as a consequence. Yeah. Yeah. So when we look at the various metals markets, I'm quite bullish on silver here because it's a much smaller, tighter yeah. market there than gold. And the um, gold to silver ratio now is what? Something 88, like 90. Yeah, which is crazy. way up there. Yeah. Um, for a variety of different reasons. So um, I'm very bullish on the precious metals. Um, I'm particularly bullish on silver. I think just, you know, last year gold was up 18%. Um, 
I think we're going to do better than that this year. Wow. And I That's think we'll prediction. do even better than that for silver this year as well. So your advice to my listeners out there, my investors, and I, I, before we go as well, I want to talk about Monet, which is, oh, which yeah, is something okay. that you're talking about. But before, before we get on to Monet, which, by the way, is, is, is a new uh, product that Gold Money uh, have, and it's a, it's, anyway, James can talk to you about that in a minute. What would you say to investors? You just said that gold went up by 18% last year. You're very bullish for this year. You think it could go up even further. So, you know, if you're talking to just somebody that doesn't really, because there's a lot of people that don't understand the gold market at all. They're used to their fear. They're used to, and even now we're almost going cashless where they just you know, tap and pay and yeah. uh, unconscious spending and unconscious understanding of money. Well, the first thing is you, you have to educate yourself so that you can make a decision that you feel comfortable with. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is sleep well at night uh, in a world that has an uncertain future. And the question is, well, how do we go about that? And in order to achieve that, I think you have to have some gold in your portfolio and silver if you're so inclined as well. But when I'm talking about gold and silver, I'm talking about physical gold and physical silver. In other words, you either buy it and store it yourself or you buy it in someone's store for you like we do in Gold Bunny. Um, and the reason why you want that physical metal is you don't want to have the counterparty risk that comes with all of the other alternatives. Because I think we are going into a 2008 type of situation, um, which should be in everybody's memory. Oh, yeah. uh, there's a time when you know you want to have uh, tangible assets, you want to own things, you don't want to be owed things. There's a big difference between the two. So I, I do recommend physical gold, uh, particularly as a diversifier in your portfolio. And how much depends, again, you know, what you feel comfortable with. And what age you are. And, yeah, the way I look at it is the older you are, the more gold you should have. So typically, if you're 50, you should have 50% of your portfolio in gold. If you're 20, wow. you have 20% of your really? portfolio. Really? Yes, because gold is money. Sorry, guys, I'm just going to have to just do something here. There we go. Yep. Uh, because gold is money, and it preserves purchasing power over periods of long periods of time. And as the older, older you get, the more reliant you're going to be on your wealth and you don't want that wealth to disappear because it's contingent upon some central bank or some government or some other entity. And no interest rates, yeah, even negative. Yeah, in an environment with financial repression, is what they call it, you know, what central banks are doing, um, it's even more important, I think, to own, own gold, uh, physical gold. Okay, so, so let's just talk briefly about gold money. You know, you said people can own gold and, and goldmoney.com. Yeah. Know, how would they go about doing we, that? And what jurisdictions are you in? What, what you, uh, we're a Canadian-based uh, company with a couple offices around the world. Uh, we traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, we offer customers uh, 14 different vaults in different countries around the world. So what they do is they go online to goldmoney.com, yep. open up an, an account, yep. um, wire money in, and then they pick and choose what metal they want, gold, silver, platinum, platinum, or a mix of them, and which vault they want to store it in in different locations around the world. Because precious metals are the bedrock asset in your portfolio. So you want to take risks with them. Uh, one of the ways of protecting it is to diversify it in different locations. So you have different geographic risks, different political risks. Um, and again, it comes down to you know, what you feel particularly comfortable with. Uh, Americans like to store their gold in Switzerland because of the confiscation in 1933. Uh, the French feel that Switzerland is too close to the French tax man, so they like to store their gold in Canada. Right. Uh, so, I mean, everybody's different. And yeah. that's what we try to do in Gold Money. We give a lot of customer choice as to locations and uh, vaults 
where they can store. Another thing that's important, uh, the bolts that we use are all uh, third-party, independently operated and run bolts. So we work with Brinks, uh, Loomis, Melka, Alma, Chief Forest, Renus, uh, and that's important because each of these bolts are in the business of storing. Uh, they're not in the business of lending. So we don't right. use any bank bolts because when you store gold in a bank, you're not sure whether the gold is really there or whether it's been loaned out by the bank. Exactly. That's yeah. an important distinction. The other thing is, is that with these independent bolts, they're all insured and we also do audits. So everybody gets an independent third-party audit proving that the gold that they own really is sitting there in the vault. What do you say to those uh, people out there that say, why, why would you own gold? You know, why would you own gold? It doesn't give you a return. And we talked about it before. <clears throat> it's about preserving your purchasing power. That's um, but I also get the, uh, quite often people say to me, yeah, but Kerry, it costs money. So, so not only are you buying something, it's not giving you a return, but it costs you money. Personally, I've, I have invested in, in gold and it's given me a lovely return because it's held where the fiat currencies are going. But what's your answer? Yeah, the, the cost of storing gold and gold money um, is 12 basis points per annum. In other words, 0.12 of, of 1%. So the cost is essentially inconsequential. It's typically less than people pay uh, checking account fees or current account fees to their bank on a monthly basis. Um, but the reason for owning gold, again, is that you've got 5,000 years of history of proven track record as money. Yeah. Uh, we always go back to the mean, and the mean shows that gold has always been at the center of global commerce. Um, and, you know, I think that's where we're heading again um, in the not too distant future as we move away from fiat currencies because governments are destroying fiat currencies. Totally agree with you. Now, more recently, I was pretty excited to see that you set up a new company called Monet, yes. which is also traded on the, is it the um, Toronto Stock Exchange as yeah, well? Yes, it's a public company yep. on the uh, Toronto Venture Exchange. Toronto uh, Venture Exchange, yeah. okay. Goldmine is on the main Toronto board, but uh, Monet is on the Venture Exchange. Monet is on the Venture Exchange. So, so for those of you out there that don't know, uh, Monet is an opportunity for you, you know, if you're not really into physical gold, you don't want to buy, you know, the coins and the, and the bars, etc. Apparently, Monet, and I'll get James to talk a bit more about it, is 24 karat gold investment jewelry. Exactly right. And you know, when you're buying gold, what you want to do is you want to have the smallest possible markup above the spot price. Right. In other words, make your fiat currency go as far as possible. Sure. So, depending on how much the fabrication costs are, the markups that you buy gold at can increase. So, in other words, when you're buying a 400 ounce bar, uh, in the international market, which is what we deal with, there's essentially no markup. It's right. just a bid in the ass between the buyer and the seller because the fabrication cost is inconsequential relative to the gold in that particular bar, 400,000 pounds or thereabouts as a prices. Um, but as you go to say Krugerrands, you know, markup it gets to be about three to five percent over the spot price. Uh, Canadian maple leaves or American yeah. eagles, they go up to seven percent, eight percent, depending on how many you buy. Yeah. Uh, and then when you get to Monet, you're paying 15 to 20% above the spot price for the same thing, 24 karat jewelry, uh, 24 karat gold, but fabricated in the form of jewelry. Right. Now, the interesting thing about this is that uh, Monet started, uh, it's M-E-N-E.com, by the way. M-E-N-E dot uh, com. com. Yeah. If you want to check it out. Monet is the first known written word, word for, for money. money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Roy Sabag, who's the chairman of CEO, made a trip to Asia a couple of years ago, and he saw this gold being bought on the basis of weight. Um, but it was designed and fabricated to Asian taste, not Western taste. 
So he thought, well, why wouldn't that concept also work in the West? So he happened to be friends with uh, Diana Picasso, who's the granddaughter oh. of Pablo Picasso. Right. And started talking to her about this particular idea. And with Gold Money's assistance, we put Monet together. So uh, Diana Picasso is the creative designer. And it's come up with some lovely, lovely designs for pure 24 karat jewelry. Now, you might think that soft? it's too soft. Yeah, and, yeah. that's the but first a, thing that was coming to my mind. It's a myth. Well, really? Yeah, it really is a myth. It's a myth that enables jewelers to mix base metal with gold and then charge a big premium because of design uh, and creativity uh, for a particular piece of metal. So if you go into one of the big brand name jewelers and spend $2,000 on a, say, a bracelet or something, you might get $300 or $400 worth of gold and the rest is markup. Uh, with Monet, you get $300 or $400 worth of gold plus a 15 or 20% margin uh, over and above that. Uh, but you still get the creativity uh, as well. So jewelry is one of the last um, areas of disruption in the internet, particularly gold jewelry. We're starting to see diamonds and some other things being done in the yes. internet. Yep. So we believe that uh, Monet has the potential to be a major disruptor of the gold jewelry industry to the benefit of the mining companies. Because if we can increase the demand for gold jewelry, yeah. um, gold being used and fabricated in jewelry, that means a higher price for gold to the benefit of the mining industry. Benefit of everybody. Benefit of everybody, exactly. It also helps people who don't want to necessarily own a bar or a coin, but still want to have that protection for their family for an uncertain future. They have jewelry that they can wear. And how, where do they find you? M-E-N-E.com. Yes, exactly. And if I wanted to buy, say for example, I went online, so I, I guess it's like anything, I can see all the different pieces online and I can purchase? Yeah, it's all there. It's all online, all the different pieces, uh, necklaces, bracelets. Right. A lot of little knick-knack things, and, and if you have special requests, you know, if enough people ask for it, you know, we can always design something new. Okay. But it's it's all there at nene.com. Okay, and uh, shipping? Anywhere the, in the world? Well, just about anywhere in the world. Okay. Uh, it depends on where FedEx and uh, UPS, you know, uh, ship to, okay. uh, but it's most uh, of the major countries, um, uh, we, should, we do ship to. We might try and get them to come out to the gold conference, you never know. Speaking of which, before I say goodbye to James, um, we're doing videos like this to educate people about gold and uh, why gold should be a part of your portfolio. Um, but I also want to let you guys know that uh, in August this year, from the 19th to the 21st of August, will be the Gold and Alternative Investments Conference at the Sofitel in Sydney. Go to goldevent.com.au for more details or just shoot us an email and we'll make sure that we keep you up to date with what's going on. But the passion that we have here at uh, Magic and Mining in Conversations with Kerry is to make sure that you're aware of some of the, I guess, the challenges that are facing us uh, for the future. And as James said just a moment ago, he doesn't believe it's very far away. 18%, uh, uh, basically, the way gold holds its value over time. Uh, one last thing you'd like to say before we wrap this well, up. Well, I remember your conference when I spoke there several years ago. Yeah. That was a great conference. I wish you much success with one this year. Thank you. Um, and, uh, I'm going to twist his arm and see if he'll come out to Australia. You never know. You never know. <laughs> anyway. James Turk from Gold Bunny, thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah, thanks, Kerry. It's great seeing you, and thanks for the opportunity to share my views. No worries.